You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Well, welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. It is such an honor and a privilege to introduce you to our next guest, Lisa Granistein or Granistein, as I'm supposed to say, is the Chief Content Officer at Adweek, the leading source of news and insights covering marketing, media, and technology. You probably subscribe to their emails, you probably read the articles, and now you get to meet the person behind this, behind the scenes, and sometimes right in the middle of the scenes. So in her role, she unites the company's voice and mission, overseeing editorial, event programming, and membership. So previously, she was the editor, SVP, programming of Adweek, responsible for editorial content, awards, and events. As a longtime industry reporter and editor, she was at the forefront of media and marketing's digital transformation, covering technology's impact on publishing for Media Week, as well as chronicling the advances of technology and its implications for Time and its technology spinoff, Time Digital. So she began her journalism career in TV news at the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corp, claim flagship <laughs> program, The National, which many of you are probably very familiar with. And one cool point of note, she was also the top woman in media in 2019 to watch. So Lisa, such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is great. So I want to know, what were those early days of CBC like? What was it like being in kind of like the OG newsroom back in the day? Okay, so my first understanding of news or a newsroom is watching broadcast news. And that's when I said, like, I got to get in there. And I realized also I wasn't really all that interested in academics. I was studying a lot of history at the time, but I was, no, this isn't it. I need to be while things are happening and cover them. So the Gulf War was starting and I decided that's it. I need a job. We were coming out of a recession or just kind of halfway in one. And I just started hanging out downstairs at the lobby of the CBC, which was on, I think, Church Street at the time. I think it was called Church Street. It was in the old location. And finally, they buzzed me in. They just felt sorry for me. And I met with the executive producer and I begged him for a job. So I got a job as an editorial assistant. So that's the long story. So I show up the first day thinking, this is my first job in the world. So I better dress up. So I walked in looking like a news anchor, biggest mistake in like little heels. Little did I know that I was going to be running scripts up and down five flights of stairs all day long. (laughs) So then the next day, I definitely wore sneakers and jeans. And it was an incredible experience just seeing how a newsroom is run, especially during wartime. They were using typewriters to punch out the scripts and we had to split, they'd yell split, and we'd have to split all these copies and hand them out at different parts of the office, up and downstairs. So it was a really great place to be and to learn so much from so many smart people and I just soaked it all in. And then I got to a point where I realized that if I was really going to get serious, I felt I had to go back to school and just be a better writer. So that's when I, I moved to New York and went to Columbia. And amazing. So that is incredible. So imagine, I want to go back to that room. You're in the room yeah. and you're prepping for, is it, would it be the six o'clock news or the 11 o'clock news? Well, it was, we used to do these 11 minute little breaks, like around noon. So there was a, a noon, like rush. Yeah. Noon hours on the CBC yeah. radio. No, it was on TV. It was a couple okay. of minutes and we, it was just like a news hit. 
Then it was about, for me, it was about the national. So the national 10 o'clock. Yeah. So it was a lot of sitting around and, you know, just running tapes from the library, doing research sometimes, getting scripts sent down to the editors, sometimes going on shoots. You know, it really depended. I eventually moved up from just running around. So I was doing some field producing and interviewing people, bringing the tapes back to help with the show. I remember we'd be there with Peter Mansbridge till, I don't know, two in the morning, waiting to make sure nothing happened during the Gulf War. And he would play this trivia game. And, you know, I'd be sitting there with all the writers and all the editorial assistants were surrounded by, it was like in a horseshoe and we were surrounded and we would get to play and they always won. They were so smart, but there was one time I answered and Peter is blown away. I'll never forget that. I actually won the prize. He was handing out all this swag and everything. So I walked home with all this this stuff and I felt pretty smart that night. But anyway, it was a good time and it was a great experience. And I miss those days. They were fun. That is really cool. Have you been back to the room to see how it runs now to kind of compare? I haven't. And I really wish I could because one of my good friends who is in EA with me is Heather McLennan. And she's now an executive producer. She's a big shot. But I knew her back then. She's probably going to kill me even for talking about this. But she and I ran up and down stairs together. But she moved up faster than I did. So, Sino, have you seen Apple TV Plus's with Jennifer Aniston? Their, oh, their morning show, about, show, of course. Yes, yes, yes. And love it. Did you pick up similar vibes of what it was like, like the hustle, the stress, the prep? Yeah, a lot of that. But it's gotten so different. I have to say, the CBC felt much more. I mean, there was all of that happening. I was not part of all the politics happening, but there were really good people there. I made a lot of great friends and it was a lot of camaraderie. It was not like it is now. And I'm not saying CBC is like morning show, probably not, but it it wasn't like New York morning shows. It wasn't cutthroat that way. So it was a great learning experience. So when there was the TV happening, was the radio in a different division or was it a different floor, that building? It was in a different building at the time. It was in a whole other part of the complex, barely a complex. It was two like rundown buildings. And TV was in the bigger one. And then News World came out. I don't think News World exists anymore, but News World came out through that newsroom and we all worked on News World as well. And CBLT was in a different building, which was the okay. Toronto station. Okay. So fast forward to, and I want you to go back to a year ago. So last February, February yeah. 2020, or maybe January 2020. What's the newsroom vibe and energy like working at Adweek now? January, February. I mean, we were just going about our business, but every day, you know, we were like listening to things happening and wondering. Actually, we were preparing for two things to go to South by Southwest festival. Yeah. And I was going to go for my first time. I was going to go and hang out with the kids. And so we were all busy trying to get our flights and everything arranged. And then also at that time of year, we're trying to decide like who's going to the Ken line festival, which is the festival of creativity. It's amazing. And so everybody's booking flights, but things are starting to change as we're, you know, every day. And so we started to watch, you know, South by going to get canceled. Like, no way. They'll never cancel it. There's no way. And then suddenly, oh, my God, they canceled it. And then, you know, it was this cascade because for us, we're watching events because 
not only the marketing events, but also, you know, the Olympics. I mean, there were so many events that were canceled. I can't even begin to think, but our mind was blown when the Olympics were canceled. I was like, wow, because we were covering television, the media side of it, brands that had already started building out platforms and exhibits down in Tokyo. There was just so much already being planned and shipped over and then everything just screeched to a halt. So we had a lot to write about, but it was just, it was kind of mind blowing. And then managing a newsroom, like some of us might've seen it in like, you know, Superman or Spider-Man, right? When J. Jonah Jameson is yelling at Peter Parker, like, need more photos of Spider-Man. What's the newsroom like now? You know, maybe pre-COVID maybe we go back to 2019. What's the room like? Is there the hustle? Is there the, I gotta get that latest story. You know what? It's interesting. Back in the day when there wasn't messaging and Slack and social media, whatever, there were phones ringing. There were people standing up and talking. And actually, the newsroom is really quiet. But if you could amplify what was happening on Slack, which I'd love to be able to do one day, it would be cacophonous because everyone's on Slack. They're all talking. They're having multiple conversations. But it's a different way of communicating. It's a different generation of journalists. We do try and get people up off their seats and walking around. I definitely try and walk around and say hi to people, but that's over a year ago at this stage. Yeah. And we're all working from home, but where probably Slack has been a perk at uh, this point. Slack, Zoom, you know, you name it, everything you're probably on as well. Wow. It's a very different way of running a newsroom for sure. Wow. And as far as like outputs, how many staff are there at the moment now at Adweek? Roughly for just edit is about 40. And that wow. includes production. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And the few that are listening to the show in advertising and marketing that have yet to discover the world of Adweek, what does Adweek cover? What are some sure. of the assets that you guys have? We cover the media marketing space. So the whole brand marketing ecosystem, we are a media and events company. We used to just be media, but we've really doubled down over the last few years in events. And I'd also add now that we're moving into what we call community. So we're building different communities for different parts of the business and different issues that business is facing, like sustainability, DEI. We have revived one of our older brands called Brand Week. And those involve a lot of the chief marketing officers. And we're just about to announce the relaunch of Media Week, breaking it here first. It's amazing. For the ad buying community. So media agencies, CROs, consultancies like Accenture Interactive, that sort of thing. So we're going to be putting on an event for them in April. We'll be reaching out to that part of the community, having a council and events and so on. We're building it up. But connecting people that way has really gotten important rather than events even because we're providing people with the ability to connect in different ways and more intimate ways. We're able to provide thought leadership opportunities. Same with events, but different platforms. And it's just a little bit more intimate. It's amazing. So how many awards maybe would you guys facilitate throughout the year? My God, many. I would say maybe 30 or so yeah. different awards. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Is there one award that everyone kind of seeks, like the brass ring of like the Ad sure. Week Awards? Right now, I'd say for the past few years, it's our Brand Genius Award. And okay. that's handed out at our Brand Week event. It started off as Brand Marketer of the Year, but we yeah. changed the name about 10 years ago, made it a little more snazzy called Brand Genius. And 
we look at CMOs and the companies that have done an outstanding job for over the year, and we hand out really cool light awards, these light bulbs that actually light up in the award. And yeah, so we hand out about a dozen of those every year. That's That's our Oscars. That is amazing. I love the term genius, the idea. Yeah. I know Apple took it and made it for people that are smart, yeah. but the original term meaning like from the genie, like people that can think of things outside of themselves from the spirit realm. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So it means people who can walk into a room and some people call it shower moments or some people call it like mm-hmm. moments inspiration, but those creative directors or the CMOs that can go for a walk or come in at like 4 p.m. or you know 2 p.m. on a Saturday and be like, I got this idea. They believed in the past that it came from the spirits. Wow. That's great. Even better. Uh, I'm going to have to use that. Thank you. There you go. go. (laughs) But would you say the website, like Mm Adweek Magazine, would you Mm -hmm. still call it a magazine in like the kind of the online publication? Would you say that's still the hub of what you do? Well, it's really not the hub. You know, we do have a print publication still. And we. And how often are you going to print today? Now it's bi weekly. Yeah. Bi-weekly and, and maybe mailed, you know, once, houses, offices, whoever. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And at some point, hopefully when all this is over, we'll, you know, increase the frequency again. We also have a very robust website. We're very active on social media. Our editors are and visual newsroom, as we call it, are very creative on some of the uh, the newer social platforms. We do video, we do everything, but I'd say it's half media and half events. We do a lot of events. We do about 50 events a year. Wow. And as far as like, it's been interesting to watch, for example, the New York Times and the amount of their increase and Mm -hmm. kind of growth in subscription base. Are you seeing that in kind of the trade publication world as well as far as like getting even maybe a a physical magazine, which I actually prefer and like, versus or maybe an online subscription? Well, see, right now it's actually a combined subscription. So we call it Adweek Plus, and it's you can have an option to have the print publication and digital subscription. For the longest time, like many other publishers, we were heavily focused on advertising, and we had a controlled circulation because the idea was to serve our community of agencies. We've been, over the past few years, changing that strategy and moving more towards half and half. But we are now shifting much more towards a subscription-driven strategy. But we're definitely not there yet. We're on our way, though. Okay. So if you go to Adweek now, did you play around with like, you can have three articles and then the block comes? (laughs) Well, you can get a few with registration and then the paywall does come down. Yes. It doesn't make a noise though, right? It's like a brum brum. No, we don't. (laughs) We're gentle. You know, we have to pay to keep the lights on just like every other business. And to get the type of content, the quality level we need, we need to have revenue and it has to pay for it. And it's a great litmus test to actually say like, hey, if our content is that good, people will pay for it. Right. And right. not just, you know, be sold a bunch of advertorials and sponsored right. content. And We so do that too. But we Yeah, do of course, of too. course. Yes, yes, yes. But I mean, <laughs> but, I've opened some publications where like over 50% of it oh, was God, sponsored yeah. content and advertorial. Yeah. And it's sad. My wife and I, we subscribe to the Globe and Mail. We get it mm-hmm. on Saturdays and I love it. In Canada here, like Strategy Magazine still, I think is putting out some print publication. I think they're doing it four okay. or five times a year now. 
Oh, wow. So, okay. But every two weeks. So what's that like? Like, is it, do you ever do the big call? Like, all right, let's stop the presses or we're, we're about to go to press. Is there that big excitement anymore? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. There was when Trump won in 2016, we literally did stop everything. And we had this big debate about it, but he was on the cover. And it was about how the media blew it because no one saw it coming. With COVID, we've done it as well. We realized we were at a point where everybody had just come home and we're like, are we putting out an issue? What are we going to put on the cover? What are we doing? And it was just really at the beginning where we were all kind of feeling our way with Zoom calls. The cover was actually a screen grab of a Zoom conference with an entire agency from Deutsche New York. Now it's like, yawn, who cares? But back in March, it was like, wow, that's awesome. Everybody's there. And so, you know, we'll do things like that when we can. I mean, it's fun, but it's a little scary at the same time because there's a lot to do. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And I never asked you this before, but I'm curious. I wonder how many of those print publications are coming up to Canada? How many subscribers are in the Great I, White North? I don't know. I don't think we have many print subscribers. I'm sure we have a few. We definitely, our second largest audience online is Canadian. Yeah. yeah so I would would imagine, yeah, especially the Toronto yeah. market, the Montreal, Vancouver, yeah. kind of the hubs of 
agencies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we've actually covered some of the Canadian agencies in Montreal and Toronto, and I'm sure there's some in Vancouver that we yeah. do. Rethink is often yeah. winning awards based here in yeah. Vancouver. So yeah, we also have looked at the market a little bit. We've done Toronto Brand Stars. That was something we did for a couple of years. We came up and met with the marketplace and brought them in and threw a party, gave yep. out awards, wrote about them. So yeah, we are looking to extend beyond the US. We just hired an international editor who's starting next week. Cool. He's in the UK, but oh, wow. you know, I suspect we'll be looking a little bit broader now yep. and abroad. Yep. There's always so much cool stuff happening out of the UK. That's so special and so neat. Question on that role. You're supposed to, in the reporting, true journalistic fashion, you play this agnostic kind of neutral role in the world. Mm -hmm. But I imagine like associations want you to have, do stuff about them. So what is the relationship like with all the different marketing associations in the US? You know, we get along with them. We partner with them. In fact, we were able to get two different associations to be supporting sponsors of Media Week, the four A's, which is the advertising agencies for the U.S., overseeing the U.S., and the ANA, which is the Association of National uh, Advertisers. Yes, yes. Anyway, but they're like two different forces, and we're able to bring them together. And that's the point. We are neutral ground, and it's important that we really can't take sides. We don't. You know, we'll report out a story. Not everyone agrees with the direction we go in a story, but, you know, we try to be fair, though. That's amazing. In Canada, we have 14 that I'm aware of, major marketing, advertising, PR, communication associations. Mm. And I always wonder, like, we wrote a piece about it. I wonder if how many of them would ever merge, right, and, and become one. or, or yeah. So many of them are doing pretty much almost the exact same thing. Right but they're both trying to raise more money, get more members, and both are kind of doing it, kind of hobbling along, where if they combine their efforts, imagine what could be done. It's true. And because also just the convergence of media is happening, why not? But it's not quite there yet, but maybe soon. So what about for you? Like, where do you go for like inspiration ideas? Where do you go to consume? Oh, I am the stream queen. I have watched far too much TV, video, Like Netflix, Prime, Crave, do you jump between them all? Oh, yeah. I jump mm-hmm. around. Yeah, it's really insane how much I watch, but I love it. And Disney Plus? Did you convert I have to Disney? Yes, I have Disney Plus. I have Paramount Plus because I have to check that out and yep. check out what they have with The Real World, which was a show here in yep. the U.S. Yep. I really like HBO Max and Apple TV. I'm finding a lot on Apple TV these yeah, days. Amazing. Amazon Prime, Netflix yeah. is great. So yeah. I do a lot of that. But I also, you know, I do consume a lot online during the day. I'm just reading everywhere, you know, picking up things off Twitter, some newsletters, and what else? Podcasts. Yeah. You know, it's all coming at me. It's all bombarding me. But it's great. I learn a lot from it all. But I actually, you know, just relax and enjoy the TV. That's the best part. Oh, that's awesome. That's very yeah. cool. So you have this incredible role that you get to see, right? And you've mm-hmm. seen stuff happen historically, and you're kind of seeing what's happening in the know. You probably, you see the press releases, you see the trends. What are you watching with the kind of the motions, right? I know you can't get into maybe too many of the details, but sure. what are you seeing kind of at your level when it comes to the ad world of North America? Like some of the trends? Well, yeah. well definitely uh, social audio is blowing up right now with Clubhouse yeah. And it's it's just incredible. It launched in December sometime. It's all audio. It's like, 
you know, just these different rooms you can go into, yeah. but it's just audio and like uh, interrupting people's conference calls. I finally, it is, it is. It's <laughs> a lot of chatter and it's people who really like to talk are yes. really great at it. Although I went into a ghost room. It was oh, someone making ghost noises and chains. <laughs> I'm not joking. I went into that That's crazy. Enough. I haven't gone yeah. on one of those yeah. yet. And there's a lullaby room. A guy yes. will sing me to sleep. That's been yes. a fun one. I listened to All Day Dreaming. Uh, yeah. This guy, Jonathan Hyla, H-Y-L-A. I'm giving him a plug because it's amazing. He does these lo-fi beats that are 24-7. Oh, wow. So it's really great. I'm able to work to it. And sometimes yeah. you know, at night, I'm just flipping around, watching, reading something and listening to it. What's great about it is it's new. It's like, yeah. you know, TikTok is like done at this point. It's not done, but you know what I mean? It's been out there. Everybody knows about it. Yeah, you've the covered brands, it. Right. And the brands are just now starting to try and figure out how to use social audio. What do you do? Yeah. What are the rules? you know, what's going to work, what's going to be considered authentic. It's a whole new territory and it's going slowly, which is nice that, you know, we haven't seen the brands just jump in there and overtake it, but I'm sure there will come a day where there's, you know, sponsored rooms, you know, they can do like a press thing there and talk to people. There's just a lot of possibilities. There's a lot you could do branding. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one. What else? I'd say, you know, social media in general, like e-commerce marketing online, both social media and online is huge. And it's not just DTC anymore, direct to consumer. 5G that it's launched is going to be big. I'm still waiting to see really what it can do. But I think, you know, it's going to be like wicked fast connections and it's going to allow us to be brands to be hyper-personalized, use AI a lot. Yeah. So there'll be really cool experiences coming. And also just cloud services will be much more sophisticated. There'll be more augmented reality. I think we're just on the cusp of seeing once the technology catches up to all the different pieces of the 5G, then we'll really see it take off. And your role in this, like, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. Do you feel like you're a bit of like, uh, you know, the scribes back in the Greek and Roman days, you just strip <laughs> things down and be like, look, I feel like Adwi, you get this role as like a historian. Yeah. As you're tracking, whatever, I don't know how often you get set to publish or you're managing those that are writing, but like mm-hmm. you get a track and record this crazy time we're in. Yes. I've seen different cycles of, you know, the highs and lows of media, of digital, the, the beginnings. You watch, Vine, of the, you watch Vine come and go, Meerkat yeah. come and go. I remember when YouTube launched and yes. thought that was such a weird name. Like why YouTube and, yes. you know, cat videos, yep. but no, just seeing it all just unfold. But Adweek is 40 years old. Now it's 41, actually. So the year before, we did an issue, a special issue, that took a look at each decade. And the transformation from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s, it was just this build. But by the time we got to the 2000s, it just took off. Everything changed. And the pace, the acceleration, just everything just went so much faster. And we're seeing so much change in all facets of media and marketing. I have not been watching this since the 70s. I will say that I'm not that old, but just in the, you know, in the last 20 years or so, it's just been remarkable to see how much and how far we've advanced. Yeah. It's amazing. And and the role you get to play to watch it and and to see the changes, like 
Yeah, and you mentioned South by Southwest. I remember when Meerkat launched at South yeah. by Southwest, and it was like the thing to watch. And yeah. I remember when, uh, like, I was in university and Facebook had come out, and because I had a university at uvic.ca uh, account, yeah. I could be on yeah. Facebook. And then it opened up, and I was like, oh, other people besides university people are here now. This is yeah. fascinating. So, yeah. but you get to record it, mm-hmm. you get to record history in the moment. Yeah. And I feel like even with some of the stuff that Facebook is changing, like, it changes week by week or even sometimes day by day, right? Like Shopify merges with Facebook on this shopping tool. Like that's right. huge news and, and impacts massive. commerce yeah. and business. And Yep. There's so much. I mean, even, you know, you and I got in touch a month or two ago. Yeah. And so much even since then has changed. Like we weren't talking about NFTs, you know, the non-fungible no. tokens. Yeah. Like <laughs> that wasn't something in my vocabulary. And no. suddenly this is something yep. you no, and yeah. blockchain is back. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Like I thought we were done with blockchain, but it's back. And it's actually bigger than ever. It's more yeah. important. So yeah, it's just interesting. Every day something else bubbles up. I don't know. It's like marketing is able to evolve and try different things and connect to consumers in different ways. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I'm even watching some of the spillover now of brands approaching me recently just saying, hey, what does it look like to build bridges with indigenous communities mm. to include indigenous people in our ad campaigns? Because they wow. said, we've realized we've never had an indigenous person in our ad and we want to change that. So they yeah. listened to what happened this last year. Mm-hmm. And are you seeing that as well, Dan, in the U.S.? We just named an indigenous person as the interior secretary, That's which That's is amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. First yeah. ever. First ever Indigenous cabinet member, which is That's incredible. incredible. Yeah. And advertisers, are they also starting to become more aware of like who are the people they use in stock images or that they yeah. cast in commercials? In fact, there was just last week, the Cherokee tribe reached out to Jeep and asked them not to use their name. Adweek actually just did a poll, which was interesting because mm. it was very divided. It wasn't yes. really like, definitely don't use it, definitely use it. But these are conversations being had. A lot of the sports teams are changing their names. So there is progress, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think if anything, the conversations are happening, which is the important part. And people are uh, aware. Big question I have is, are you ready for a rapid fire round? Film set. All right, let's do it. Before we go, though, I just need to know, tell me about the painting behind you. Can you lift up your I camera a bit for up. those that are for those that are watching? And if you aren't watching, you're just listening to audio. There's a beautiful piece behind oh, Lisa you. that I just love. This is by Mr. Brainwash. It's just a print. It's not an original. Mr. Brainwash is this artist who actually worked with Banksy and followed Banksy around, and then he started doing his own stuff. He does really cool things. It has sort of Warhol esque pieces in it, you know, just the Maryland's there and the Campbell soup can, but it's fun art. Very New York. I love that documentary exit through the gift shop yes, and how they met it. and how they, yeah. And, yeah. and what came out. No, it's fascinating. All right, Lisa, here we go. All right. What was your first job? Well, CBC, but like really first job, really first job was I was a cashier at a grocery store. Okay. Awesome. Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Cat or dog person? Dog. What was the first thing that you wrote that got published? That got published? Or read on air? That would have probably been at the CBC, some TV script. But I will say the first story I had published was Mm -hmm. after journalism school in the Globe and Mail. Okay. What was it? Do you remember? Yes, I I do. Because it actually made a little news. At the time, I got some data 
from immigration services and found that Canadians were the, I think it was something like the fourth largest group of illegal aliens in the United States at the time. Wow. Okay. I don't think that's the case anymore, but, <laughs> but it was like, wow, who knew? Anyway. That's amazing. That's amazing. Up in Canada. I know we're doing rapid fire, but okay. Yep. As a Canadian, do you feel biased towards writing about people like Malcolm Gladwell and Ryan Reynolds, no. who are actual Canadians who are doing stuff in the marketing world, ad world in America? No. No. Okay. But you just know <laughs> it's just nice knowing know. you have some. And if I could use it, I will. <laughs> it's a true thing. You're a true journalist. You're unbiased. You're keeping yeah. the yeah, yeah conversation. If I meet them, if I need to talk to them, and absolutely, I'll use it. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> what is your favorite? Is it dark or milk chocolate? Oh, milk chocolate. Milk Canadian chocolate. Nice. There's a difference. Perfect. Number one on your bucket list right now? Travel and see my family. Yeah. Favorite word right now? Summer. Yes. Nice. I think summer. That's amazing. Uh, Word that needs to die right now? COVID. Yeah. Last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? Broadway Cares. And that was because obviously the arts have been decimated yeah. in New York. Yeah. Broadway is shut down and won't be starting up until maybe late fall. Yeah. And it's affected not just Broadway, it's affected restaurants. It's had this trickle down effect. So it's been a pretty desperate situation. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. I know this is probably a hard one for you. What is a movie you love that people need to know about? Oh, well, it's not original, but Goodfellas, anytime it's on, I'm watching it. Nice. Yeah. Favorite song or album on repeat right now? Oh, well, I'd say Billie Eilish, yeah. just because I watched The World's a Little oh. Blurry on Apple yes. Plus. So Highly good. recommend it. Amazing. Apple Plus, so much yeah. good stuff on there. The yeah. new Justin Timberlake? I have not heard that. Sorry, the movie, Apple Plus, but oh, yes. Justin Timberlake. Oh, yes. man, it's such a tearjerker. Yes. Yes. Very good. If you weren't doing this job right now, what would you be doing? You know, that's a tough one. I may want to be a foreign correspondent somewhere else other than being a foreign correspondent here. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. What is an app on your phone you can't live without? Oh, the Keeper app. It keeps all my passwords. I mean, I would lose my mind. How do you keep all your passwords? What do we use? We have a program at, what's it called here? No, but on uh, your phone. What do you use on your phone? Oh, I have it like saved in my phone, the passwords. So oh, if someone okay. has my phone, they have access to everything. It's horrible. Oh. I, I'm. Oh, well, <laughs> it's like a log. It's like my oh, password bank. Anyway. Oh, good for you. My wife and I are often asking back and forth passwords that we don't know that each other's brains have kept <laughs> and ask what each other it is. Okay, I'm going to check this out. Yeah, That's definitely. Great. It's a good one. Favorite children's book? The Snail and the Whale. Yeah, it's a sweet, sweet book. Amazing. Yeah. What's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? I would say getting a dog. Yeah. Okay. We have our golden yes. doodle named okay. Banjo. He's from Alabama and Amazing. he's two years old and he's been a total game changer for our whole family. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What is the best thing you ever bought for under $10? You know, I'd say recently Tony's Chocoloni. I'm going to give it a plug. I think you can get it in Canada at okay. like a Whole Foods. It's just Really good, great chocolate. It actually was launched by a former journalist and it's fair trade. It's nice. like everything good about it and it's really good chocolate. So there you go. Amazing. What is a like an advertising marketing, even just a book in general that you recommend that someone in this industry should read? 
I'm going to say a newsletter by someone named Rashad Tabakawala. He was a veteran of Publicis Group. He recently retired. And he does a Sunday newsletter called The Future Does Not Fit in the Containers of the Past. It's very thoughtful. And it's a lot about leadership and strategy and just moving forward in this crazy world and how to navigate it. It's great. I like that title. It's kind of like having the old, you know, days in Israel when they had to have wineskins and you needed to get yes. new wineskins to put wine in. Oh, else they would, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Or else it wouldn't work. That's really cool. Yeah. What is a podcast that you'd recommend? I personally am a big fan of The Pivot with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway. Nice. It's, it's a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And they do it so often and they got like really timely newsly stuff in there mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Yep. Kudos to them. I know you mentioned a newsletter, but maybe a website that you recommend for resources and inspiration. Ah, resources and inspiration. You could just go to Adweek if you want. Well, Adweek. actually, <laughs> I know I was gonna say go to adweek.com, but and there is creative inspiration there, but I'm gonna say a site called Cherish. It's spelled C-H-A-R-I-S-H. Yeah. It's like going to a high-end flea market and you don't okay. have to walk around and nice. everything is there and you can do searches and just rummage for things. Amazing. It's just lots of beautiful things to look at and maybe buy. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. What's the last thing that you Googled? I don't know. Probably something about NFTs. Yeah. We're probably yeah. writing about it today. Nice. Again. Yeah. What is a life hack that you'd be willing to share that you found to be really helpful? Well, I don't know if it's a hack, but it's advice. And that is mm-hmm. write a thank you note. Okay. Handwritten, paper, mail, no. stamp? No. Nope. Email. Whatever. Email. Okay. Email. Uh, thank, thank you. People. Thank you okay. is always a good thing to do. It Amazing. goes a long way. Okay. And those that are listening and whatever you can give tips that are in marketing, advertising, branding companies in Canada, and they want to get covered in Adweek, what's your tip? What should they do to stand out and make it in your publication? You know, show us how you're innovative and we're trying to help everyone do their jobs better. Mm-hmm. So if you can through your innovations, be able to share your story of how things are evolving at your company and with the great work you're doing, we'd love to hear about it. Amazing. Lisa, thank you for being here. Thank you. This is so much fun. It's a pleasure. You can find Lisa on Twitter. Maybe she'll be posting photos of her golden doodle, if you're so lucky. He has his own account, Banjo from has, Alabama. I'll just say. <laughs> he has his own account. So there you go. We'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada. Again, Lisa, thank you for joining us from New York. We'll see you next week on Marketing News Canada. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.